Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. Doing this on a Saturday because the Giants play Monday night at home versus Seattle. Seattle is a one and a half point favorite now. It was one. Actually, when it started, when the line opened, the Giants were favorites. So it's been kind of bet up, I guess, or maybe due to injuries. Now it's in Seattle's favor. So not the best thing there. And I saw today already that Andrew Thomas has been ruled out. That's a shame because it really felt like this was the week to get him back. You know, he missed the San Fran game. He missed the Arizona game in week two. It felt like with the extended rest that, hey, maybe Andrew Thomas will be back. And I believe he practiced on Thursday in a limited fashion and then missed practice on Friday. So there could have been a setback, which would make things even worse. But he's been ruled out today. And then right after that, Saquon Barkley, who seemed like he was trending towards playing, it was released that he's doubtful for this game, which, as I said last video, last preview, when guys are doubtful, they rarely play. Now, playing Monday compared to Sunday, it could help a bit, and the Giants are still saying he's a game-time decision, so if he happens to feel great that night, then hey, like maybe he plays, but most times when guys are doubtful, that means they're probably not going to play. So right now, Seattle, one-and-a-half-point favorites. There's a ton of injuries to go over in this game, and we'll get to that. But what I will say off the top is that the Giants have to win this game. You know, you'd hate to call a week four game a must-win game. But if you lose this, you drop to one and three. You have two potential top five NFL teams on deck. You have the um, the Dolphins, who look great right now. And then you have the Bills right after that. And I believe both games are on the road. Or maybe the Miami game's home. I forget. But still, two very tough opponents coming up. And if you lose this game, you have a chance to really fall to one and five. So... You have to avoid that. You have to win this game. Um, it sucks that two of the best offensive players could be out for this game, but defensively, things have to be much better, obviously. Guys are healthy. Aziz Ojalari's back, so the defense has to be better. Seattle, though, does have a great offense, so we'll see what happens there. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the video, and let's get into it. All right, we'll try to go over this lengthy injury report and uh, go over the important guys. Artie Burns with a hamstring injury, did not practice on Friday for Seattle. Trey Brown, another backup cornerback for them, did not practice on Friday with a concussion. Kobe Bryant, another corner for this team, did not practice with a toe injury. Draymond Jones, who is a good player on their defensive line, they just got him from um, from Denver this past offseason. He did not practice with a hip injury. Charles Cross, who was the pick, I think, right before Evan Neal or right after, I forget which order they were, but top 10 pick in the draft a couple years ago. He did not practice on Friday with a toe injury. And a backup linebacker, Derek Hall, did not practice either. They had a few guys limited, um, Will Disley, tight end, Julian Love, former Giant, of course. I'm sure he wants to play in this game very badly. Um, hamstring injury for him. Same thing for Quadre Diggs, hamstring injury. Phil Haynes, their starting guard, and Evan Brown, their starting center, have injuries as well. They are getting back Jamal Adams, making his season debut. He got hurt very early last season, so I think it's been over a year since um since Jamal Adams has played in an NFL game. And, of course, it's back to MetLife where he started his career with the Jets. Tariq Woolen should play, I think. DK Metcalf should play. The, these guys were full um, participants on Friday. Jerron Reed, Achenna Nwosu, and Darrell Taylor. So those guys should be able to play for Seattle on Monday. Um, for the Giants, I mean, their injury report seems pretty, you know, of course we went over Thomas and Barkley, but aside from those guys, it's really not that bad. And also keep in mind the Seahawks, their starting right tackle, or supposed to be Abraham Lucas is on IR. So they're 
you know, guy who's supposed to be their right tackle is not going to play. Um, but yeah, for the Giants, I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, Bellinger practiced in full today. DJ Davidson practiced in full. Aziz practiced in full today. Ben Bredesen practiced in full. He should be back. But Andrew Thomas, of course, is out. Um, Saquon got a limited practice today, so that's a wait and see, but listed as doubtful once again. Um, Seattle does not have their injuries updated for Saturday, so I apologize, but yeah, not yet. Anyway, for the Giants offense in this game, um, the Giants only have six offensive points in the first half in three games this year, so that's, what, two points per half. It's not very good, obviously. That has to be much better. They have not scored a touchdown yet in the first half either. I mean, aside from the second half in Arizona, the Giants offense has been probably the most putrid offense in football. That's like worse than the Bears, worse than... I don't know, insert bad team here. Um, they have to get off to a much better start. You can't, like, if they put up, like, three points or six points or zero points against Seattle in the first half with how good their offense is, I mean, you're, you're not going to come back, most likely. You're, like, if you go down, like, 17-6 to six or 14-3 to three at halftime, like, Seattle's not the type of team that's going to let you back. I just don't see that happening. So you can't get off to this really bad start. You have to be much better in the first half. Um, Seattle's defense has allowed the fourth most points in the NFL this year. I mean, technically it's like fifth, but the Packers played the extra game, so I'm saying it's fourth. Um, the Giants, though, have the third most points allowed on defense. So two pretty rough defenses, at least so far in this early season. Seattle has allowed the second most passing yards. So if there's a game for Daniel Jones to put the offense on his back, it could be this game. And without Saquon Barkley versus a secondary that has struggled so far this year um you know this could be a nice uh, nice spot game for daniel jones here on primetime now of course he's had his struggles in primetime but if this were a game to you know have a 280 yard two touchdown type game this could be it for daniel jones seattle's run defense has been the third best in football so far so they're averaging below three yards per carry 2.9 yards per carry allowed by them so that's been very impressive i'm trying to see who they played so far they played the rams and you know they had cam Akers at that point kyron williams not the best running backs uh, the lions have a good running attack so that's impressive and the panthers with Miles Sanders and Chupa Hubbard. So, yeah, they've played some decent running backs so far, especially Detroit. Like, that's an impressive one. So, you know, their run defense has been great so far this year. So maybe even if Barkley misses this game, it's not the biggest deal. Of course, the way to beat Seattle's through the air, and we'll see if the Giants receivers can get open in this one. Seattle has the same pressure percentage as the Giants, so the pass rush for them has not been that good. But in fairness to Seattle, they blitz way less than the Giants. So with how much the Giants blitz, the Giants have like the second or third highest blitz percentage or, or yeah, blitz percentage in the NFL. Their pressure percentage should be way higher. But Seattle, who does blitz less, has the same pressure percentage as the Giants, which is probably not a good thing for the Giants. Now, we know missed tackles was a big thing on Thursday. Seattle actually has only one less missed tackle than the Giants so far this year. So Seattle has a bit of an issue with wrapping up as well. I'm hoping that Wandell Robinson should play more in this game. He was clearly on a snap count. I think he played like, what, eight snaps or something like crazy number in San Francisco last Thursday. So I hope that we see Wandell Robinson play at least like 70%. Like, I think he's one of their best receivers. I would like to see him out there. Um, Darren Waller's had more time to rest with the hamstring issue. Like, he's basically had like almost two full weeks. So hopefully we see a more spry and just like 
a faster looking Darren Waller. Um, may, maybe Jalen Hyatt gets more snaps. Like it's been, you know, I feel like with rookies, of course, they want to kind of ease them in. But now you're in week four. You're in a game where you have to win, in my opinion. I think the coaches probably feel the same way. So maybe Jalen Hyatt gets some more run in this type of game. But as I said, you have to score points in this game. You cannot win this game like, I don't know, 17-14. You can't win this game like 13-10. You have to, like, I think the Giants have to put up at least somewhere in, like, the early 20s offensively to win this game like I could see like a 21-20 or something like that but like you are probably not going to win this game if your point total is in the teens or even below that so the Giants offense has to do some work um and look there's like no excuse I know we want to make excuses all the time but like Andy Dalton's old ass put up 27 points against this team last week in Seattle they put up 27 so you know the Panthers offensive line sucks their weapons are like not any better than ours like they have what 33 year old Adam Thielen as their wide receiver one so it's not like that team's a whole lot better so I I feel like the Giants should not have excuses to not put up points in this game of course you know excuses will be made if it doesn't happen and I get it but like you just saw what Andy Dalton and the Panthers did last week against the same defense. So they're very beatable through the air, and hopefully they find a way to get that done. The Giants offensive line, it should be the same as last week, except you insert Ben Bredesen at left guard. So I'm assuming it's Izudu, Bredesen, JMS, McKeithen at right guard, and then Evan Neal at right tackle still. So if it's anything but that, I'd be a bit surprised. I mean, we saw last week they tried to put Shane Lemieux in there at left guard, and it was just not a fun experience. Javon Hargrave had his way with him. So um, Ben Bredesen is definitely an upgrade, so that's good to see. But, of course, not having Thomas, it's like it sucks. But Izudu's been, like, okay. He's had his rough moments, of course, but he's been, like, okay for a guy kind of thrown in that position. And it's also scary because when these teams played in the last year, um, it just looked like Seattle was, like, the much better team. Like, the Giants offense got nothing going. They scored 13 points in that game. Um, you know, Daniel Jones was 17 for 31 with 176 yards. Saquon was bottled up for 20 carries, 53 yards. Um, so, yeah, there wasn't much going on offensively. Like, that's the scary part. Like, I feel like Seattle... Even last year when the Giants had their good year, I mean, they still found a way to not make this offense beat them. Like, they held the Giants to 225 total offensive yards. So, if you can do that, even three and a half uh, yards per play, which is even worse. So, if they can do that, then, like, you know, I'm kind of nervous about what they can do to this team without Saquon and without Andrew Thomas. But we'll see if Seattle's defense is up for the task or not. For the Giants' defense, I mean, the thing that comes to mind here, like the first thing that comes to mind is how the hell do they guard these receivers? Like, last year it was Metcalf, Lockett, and Marquise Goodwin. And, like, Goodwin's all right. Like, I don't mind him as a player, but they replace Goodwin now with Jackson Smith the Jigba, which is, like, a whole different type of player. So they have three really good wide receivers, the Giants have two rookie cornerbacks, at least one of them was a first-round pick, and a Dory Jackson. But, like, how do you guard those guys throughout a full game, especially if your pass rush does not get pressure? Like, that's the biggest thing. If the Giants can't get pressure and force Geno into mistakes or kind of rush his throws, it's going to be a rough day. Like, if he has time to throw, Geno's a good quarterback. We know that by now. So... If he sits back and has, you know, JSN, Lockett, Metcalf on islands versus these rookie corners, I mean, it's going to be rough. So I don't know what the 
game plan is there to stop those guys? Do they send extra pressure? Do they not trust their corners, you know, in one-on-one matchups versus those receivers? Like, I could see Wink being a bit less aggressive because you don't want to get beat by those receivers. Like, Lockett and Metcalf can beat you in one play. Um, Even JSN, he hasn't shown it yet in the NFL, but these guys can take, you know, a 50-yard pass to the house. Like, that's the kind of receivers they are. So, ton of weapons there on the outside for them. Now, Geno can still make mistakes. He's definitely, like, much improved from where he was with the Jets and whatnot. But, like, you know, he still makes mistakes here and there. There was a play last week against the um, the Panthers where Deion Jones, the former Falcon um, linebacker, made a great play reading his eyes in zone, and he basically cut off a slant and got an interception on him early in that game. So, Geno Smith, despite improving a lot, can still make the mistakes, and the Giants have to look to capitalize on getting turnovers, which they have really not done so far this year. The Seahawks also have a good running back duo. They drafted Zach Charbonnet in the second round, I believe, and he's a guy that I really wanted for the Giants. Like, he would have been a great backup for Saquon. Like, imagine him in this situation where Saquon's out. You would have had Zach Charbonnet as, like, your primary running back, and now it's uh, Matt Breda, so not the best. But they took Charbonnet in the second round. Like, I was hoping for more of, like, a third-round type pick, but he was a second-round pick for Seattle. They still have Ken Walker, who they had last year, and he didn't have an efficient game last year versus the Giants' Ken Walker, but he had that one nice touchdown run where somebody got, like, I think juked on that play or something. I forget, but someone made a bad play. I forget who it was, some cornerback. But anyway, they have a good running, uh, running back duo. They have a really good passing offense, and... The thing about Seattle's offense right now that is in question is the offensive line health. We went over that. Charles Cross, their left tackle. Evan Brown, the center. Phil Haynes, the right guard. Um, I mentioned their right tackle, Abraham Lucas, is on IR. So if the Giants are going to beat Seattle's offense, um, they have to find a way to get a pass rush. Now, so far this year, they have not done that. Um, I mentioned that, do they want to blitz as much? Because if you leave these cornerbacks and one-on-ones with really good wide receivers in Seattle, that might be an issue. Do you drop back in zone more and kind of try and read Geno's eyes and, and capitalize on a bad throw? Like, I don't know. They have to find a way to generate a pass rush, though. I would love it if they can just rush four guys and, and get a good pass rush. But so far this year, that has not been the case. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau's numbers have been awful, no matter what metrics you look at, whether it's PFF or win rate or whatever. Like, his numbers have been awful. Getting Aziz back is nice. But, you know, he hasn't been that great this year when he's played. Dexter Lawrence has been like the one guy who consistently shows up and, you know, Leonard Williams hopefully can be good. I think Leonard actually had like a three sack game versus these guys a couple years ago. That was the game I think Colt McCoy started in in Seattle. And I think uh, Leonard Williams went off in that game. So, you know, maybe he can have some type of game like that again. So hopefully that can work out for them. But yeah, Seattle's offensive line, definitely the weakest link of this offense so far, but I'm just concerned about what Seattle's weapons can do because, they are scary, and as I said, if you give Geno time, he can make throws, and Geno's good in the pocket. Like, he knows how to step up. He knows how to kind of buy himself some time. He's not the most elusive, not not elusive, but he's not the most, like, you know, quickest quarterback, I guess you can say, Geno. Like, he's fine. It's respectable, but he's not like Lamar Jackson back there, but he's, like, he can buy himself time and make throws, so definitely... Um, there's been so much improvement in his game once again. So as I mentioned, the Giants, they do blitz a lot, of course. Minnesota. Minnesota actually blitzes the most by a lot. They have a 63% blitz percentage. That's pretty crazy. But the Giants are second in the NFL with 53.1 blitz percentage. 
And I just don't know if this is the matchup where you want to do that. I don't know. Like, it's it's very interesting because it's like you can make the argument for both sides. Once again, like, do you want to leave your corners on an island and send, you know, five or six guys at the quarterback? That can be an issue. Or you can drop back in zone and, you know, try and capitalize on Geno making a bad decision. But can you also trust a four-man pass rush to get there in time? I don't know. Like, they have enough good players there. It's frustrating because, like, you have Kayvon, who was a top-five pick. You have Aziz Ojalari, who was a second-round pick. He's had good moments in this league. Um, you know, Leonard Williams gets a ton of money. He's had success in this league, obviously. And Dexter Lawrence. Like, you have four good pass rushers. They should be good. But if they can't get home versus an offensive line that's banged up, that's an issue. Like, if it's me personally, if I'm the one making the game plan, I'm probably dropping back in zone a lot more than usual. Like, I do not want to have these cornerbacks picked apart. So I would hope that my four-man pass rush can get there. That's why I would do it personally. But we'll see what happens on Monday night. So overall, yeah, you have to win this game. Um, doesn't matter how pretty or ugly it has to be. Um, you know, this is not like the Arizona game where I wanted to win by, like, 10 points or more, which wasn't the case. But um, if you win this game, once again, 21-20, whatever it is, you have to find a way to get it done. Because as I said, the schedule coming up is tough. I'm going to find exactly what it is. But I mentioned the opponents. I just forget where these games are located. Um, of course, this one is going to be home versus Seattle. The week after that's going to be at Miami and then at Buffalo. So two games on the road, very tough opponents. Um I mentioned this many times on this channel that playing in Miami early in the season is probably the biggest home field advantage for any team because of the uh, the heats and they put the benches in the shade for Miami and not for the opponents. So tough place to play there early in the year. So that sucks. But yeah, tough matchups coming up here. You have to win this game. I mean, that's pretty much it. As I said last week, you saw Andy Dalton put up 27 against this team, like the Giants offense without Saquon, without Thomas they should be able to at least put up like 21 or something like that. Like the game has a high over-under for the most part. So I would think they expect the Giants to score points as well. Yeah, the over-under is 47. Like that's pretty high. Like once you get into like that, you know, flirting with the 50 range, like that's a pretty high over-under. Seattle though, it's it's a weird team to read because like they had the week one loss to the Rams 30 to 13, which is like a very disappointing loss. They were four and a half point favorites. And I remember going over that game on this channel saying like, don't bet that game. It seems very fishy. Like that line was very fishy. And turned out they lost that game by a lot. But to bounce back and win at Detroit, which we've seen so far how good Detroit is. Like, to win at Detroit is very impressive. Jared Goff's a much better quarterback and indoors. So, that's a very good win by them. Um, and then to beat Carolina, like, they scored 37 points in back-to-back -back games. Like, their offense is clicking right now. I wish I could say the same for the Giants, but it has not been clicking, obviously. So, the Giants offense has to find a way to, once again, score in the early 20s at least. Seattle's going to put up points. The Giants defense has not shown any type of life this year. The only time they've showed life was the second half in, in uh, Arizona. And not even the full second half. I would say like mid-third quarter onwards, that's when they like look their best. But aside from that, they have been pretty crappy for the most part. So anyway find a way to win i don't know what to expect i don't really have a prediction right now like i just don't know how to feel about this i can see a way where like the giants win this game of course and you know they coach this game very well and they force gino into an interception and daniel jones has a great passing day i can see that happening but i could also see it being like the rest of the games this year where they start out slow and and seattle jumps out to you know a 14-3 lead and you're like damn like 
what the hell so like i don't know what to expect here so i guess leave in the comments what you expect here but anyway let's get into the week number four nfl spread picks so last week's record for me spread pick wise was actually not bad like when i thought about it i was like man i had a bad week because i know i picked the broncos who lost 70 to 20 um you know, I, I picked some just rough ones. I picked Tennessee plus three. They lost 27-3. Like, it's so weird. This might be, like, the weirdest spread pick week I've ever had. Because, like, I went 10-6 and six on the week, which is great. That's obviously awesome. But every loss I had, the six losses, were awful. I'll go over them quickly. Tennessee plus three I picked. They lost 27-3. Denver plus six and a half I picked. They let up 70 points. Uh, Washington plus six and a half. I believe they let up 37 points and only scored, like, was it three? Was it 37 three? I don't know. Um, the Bills beat the crap out of them. I picked Jacksonville minus nine and a half. They lost the game outright by a lot. I picked Chicago plus 12 and a half. They lost by 30 or 31. And then I picked Dallas minus 12 and they lost the game outright. So it's like when I lost, I lost bad. But luckily it doesn't matter when it comes to the overall like spread record. So on the season now, I'm 24, 21 and one. So over 500. Love to see it. We'll get into week four. Falcons at Jaguars, a London game early on Sunday. Kind of some interesting storylines here. The Falcons have a receiver with the last name London, so that's cool. It's a Calvin Ridley revenge game. Jaguars are favorites by three. I don't know which way I want to go with this. Like, I kind of like the Falcons, but I think the Jaguars are due for a bounce back. I really do. Like, their offense has not looked right. I think they'll get things more straightened out here in London. They have plenty of experience in London. I feel like the Jaguars play in London every freaking year. So I'll take the Jaguars minus three for the first one here. Ravens at Browns. Interesting one here. So the the thing is, we don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to play. I'm going to try and look up like the latest on him, but there was a report that came out that he has not thrown basically the entire week because of a shoulder injury. Now, their backup quarterback's interesting. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the guy from UCLA who looked great in the preseason. But even then, you look at the um, the Ravens injury report, and they have a lot of guys out too. Their entire receiving core's out, minus, say, Flowers. I think Ronnie Stanley might still be out. So I guess I'll take the chance that Watson plays. And even if he doesn't, I kind of liked what I saw from Thompson-Robinson this year. So I will take the Browns as one-and-a-half-point underdogs. And by the way, the Browns' defense, I feel like it has not gotten enough public attention so far, but like that, that might be one of the best-kept secrets in the NFL so far is how good the Browns' defense is. They have Jim Schwartz, who I believe was the Lions' coach a long time ago, like a decade ago, and I he might have bounced around with like Philly and somewhere else, but he's been their defensive coordinator this year, and he's been awesome. So, um, so far, the Browns' defense has been legit, and the Ravens are missing you know some offensive pieces. So I'll take the uh, Browns plus one and a half. Um, next, we have the Bengals at the Titans. Interesting one here. Bengals are a one and a half point favorite on the road. I picked the Titans last week, and I'm kind of out on them. Like, they, they're really not that good. Their offense looks completely lost. It looks like Tannehill, Hopkins, Henry are over the hill. So, um, I'll take the Bengals. I mean, the Joe Burrow thing is scary. The injury, I feel like he might just, like, get hurt at any play at any point. Like, if you watch that game Monday, he did not look right at all. But the Titans have a very bad pass defense. So, Burrow hopefully can just stand back there, just throw it to Chase, throw it to Higgins, throw it to Boyd, and have a good enough passing day. So I'll take the Bengals 
minus one and a half on the road. Next is the Broncos at the Bears. Broncos are two and a half point favorites on the road. This probably is the most unwatchable game of the week. I'm kind of interested though. It's kind of like a one of like one of those train wrecks where like you wanna just see how bad it gets type thing. Like I don't know. I, I feel like the Broncos are still a not a good team, but they're they're like decent. They're decent enough. Um, the Bears are completely lost. I mean, the Bears for the second week in a row were saying, oh, the offense is going to be fixed, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, nah, I don't think so. So I'll, I'll take the Broncos minus two and a half. I feel like their team is just better overall. The Rams at the Colts. Rams minus one and a half. If there's one thing I'm taking in this game, it's the over. These are two of the faster paced offenses in the entire league. The Colts do get Anthony Richardson back, which I like. So... I don't know. It's a tough one. I feel like you can make an argument for both sides, of course. I guess I'll take the Colts. They just look better right now. They're 2-1. and one. They have some momentum going. Um, they get AR back once again. So I like that, of course. And I, I feel like, you know, the Colts defensive line has been okay so far this year. And we saw how bad the Rams offensive line was on, on Monday night. So I'll just take the Colts. Colts plus one and a half on the, um, at home. Next is the game of the week. Here we go. The Dolphins are at the Bills. Um, Bills minus three and a half. That extra point five is really kind of like tempting me to take the, uh, the Dolphins here. You know what? I feel like I'll take Miami. I'll take Miami plus three and a half. I feel like if this game was later in the year and it was very cold out, like I'd probably lean towards taking Buffalo because they're used to the elements. But like this early in the season, the weather should not matter that much. And I feel like Buffalo is probably not happy about that. But then again, Buffalo played in Miami um, in Miami early last year and it did not go well for them because they were like dying of heat exhaustion. So yeah, I'll take the, uh, I'll take the Dolphins plus three and a half in this one. Vikings at Panthers, Vikings minus two and a half. Um, this one seems easy to me. I mean, I could be like overthinking it maybe. I don't know, but I'm taking the Vikings minus two and a half. I, I think this is a game where, you know, Bryce Young is back for this team, which, you know, Andy Dalton looked fine last week. I don't even know if that's an improvement right now. I, I feel like right now at this very moment, Andy Dalton might be a better option for this team than Bryce Young, which is crazy to say, but like, I feel like that's kind of true, but I'll take Minnesota minus two and a half on the road. They have to get their first win at some point. That team is still too talented. And while the Vikings have a lot of defensive deficiencies, I don't see the Panthers offense taking advantage of that. So I'll take the Vikings minus two and a half on the road. Steelers at Texans. This is another interesting one here. Steelers minus four and a half. Wow. I guess that's because the Steelers have a great defensive line and the Texans offensive line is not healthy at all. So I've been back in the Steelers the past couple weeks and it's been working out. So four and a half is a lot though. I feel like I'll just take the Steelers. Steelers minus four and a half. Why not? Um, they should get enough pass rush. Hopefully force uh, Stroud into some mistakes. And Stroud's been very good this year, by the way. So we'll see if that happens or not. Buccaneers at Saints. Saints minus three and a half. I feel like that extra .5 is going to get me. I'm going to take the Buccaneers. I feel like this game might come down to the wire. Could be a game-winning field goal for somebody. Um, you know, of course, it's, it's going to be Jameis Winston this week, not Derek Carr. But, yeah, I like I like Tampa for this matchup. Like, Tampa, you can tell the weather affected them last week against Philly. I, I feel like the Eagles would have won that game regardless. But they looked, they, looked, they looked worse on national TV because of the rain. So, I feel like right now maybe the Buccaneers are getting a bit kind of underappreciated. So, I'll take the Buccaneers plus three and a half on the road here. I'm excited for the annual Marshawn Lattimore versus Mike Evans fight. So, we'll see how bad that one gets. They fight every freaking year. Um, Commanders at Eagles. 
Eagles minus seven and a half. The Eagles have not looked that sharp this year, but I think this is a game where they'll probably beat the crap out of the Commanders. I'll take Philly minus seven and a half. I mean, the Commanders lost by a lot last week, so you don't see teams get blown out back-to-back weeks very often, but I don't know. I just, I don't like the Commanders right now. I was starting to kind of buy into them, but I looked at that schedule and I'm like, man, they play the Buffalo Bills and the Eagles coming up next. Like, they're going to be two and two for sure, but... I don't know. They looked bad, really bad last week. So I'll, I'll take the Eagles minus seven and a half. I feel like Sam Howell holds on to the ball way too long. And when you do that versus a defensive line like Philly, you're going to get yourself into some trouble. So I'll take the Eagles minus seven and a half. Raiders at Chargers. Chargers minus four and a half. Not sure who the uh, Raiders quarterback is just yet. I don't know. I'm getting like conflicting news on like if Garoppolo is going to play or not. I guess I'll take the Raiders. This seems like a Chargers letdown spot. They just lost Mike Williams for the year. I could see their offense kind of struggling a bit. Um, Austin Eckler, I believe, is out again. So they're going to have Josh Palmer, Quinton Johnston step up for the Chargers, and I feel like their offense might not be that great. So I'll take Las Vegas plus four and a half. If Jimmy plays, that's much better, of course. And I think Josh Jacobs will finally have a good game in this one. Jacobs, if you have him in fantasy. Has been kind of underwhelming so far this year, but I think this is a matchup where he should be really good. Cardinals at 49ers. 49ers minus 14. Yeesh. (laughs) That seems a bit outrageous. I mean, yeah, you're at San Francisco. Tough defense, of course. Um, I think Debo might be out for the 49ers. It seems like Ayuk is trending towards playing. I don't know. I, I feel like the Cardinals could hang around for a bit, but I feel like this might get away from them in the fourth quarter. Like, they might enter, like, the fourth quarter, like, I don't know, 31-21 or something like that. And then, like, you know, the Niners pull away. So I don't know. I have no idea what to expect here. I would probably just not bet this game in general. But for the hell of it, I'll just take the Cardinals plus 14. Um, Don't love it, but I feel like they have some good vibes right now. They just beat the freaking uh, Cowboys, so that's great. So if they can just not lose by more than two touchdowns, then, hey, we'll be fine. Patriots at Cowboys. Cowboys minus seven and a half. I like the Patriots a lot here. Not going to lie. I can actually see the Patriots winning this game. It's on the road, of course. But this feels like a game where Bill Belichick, for some reason, will have them very ready to play. And I can see this being very close throughout. Of course, you know, the Dallas Cowboys may have like a last minute type victory, but I, I I feel like this game will be close throughout. I do not see the Cowboys blowing them out. The Patriots are not great, but they're still too good in my opinion to be, you know, big underdogs like this. I just, I don't know. I just don't see it. My concern, of course, is the Patriots offense. Can they do anything? I mean, who knows, but I feel like the Patriots defense will be very much up for the challenge. I'd probably take the under. I don't know what the over-under is, but I feel oh, it's 42 and a half. I mean, yeah, it's kind of low, but still, I, I might take the under still. I feel like that Patriots defense will be ready to play. The Patriots offense does not do much anyway, so I feel like the Patriots may keep, keep it close in a low-scoring game. The Chiefs at the Jets. This is interesting. The Chiefs are only seven and a half point favorites. I would think it would have been like, I don't know, 13 or something like that, but seven and a half. Wow. Am I missing something here? Like, what is the issue with this spread? It just seems odd. Like, the Chiefs' defense actually looks kind of good. Like, it's another defense that I feel like is not getting enough, like, attention, just like the Browns. But the Chiefs' defense is good, and Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson. Like, I don't know how the Jets even score over 10 points in this game. So you're asking Patrick Mahomes if he can win 18-10 or more. Like, I feel like that's pretty automatic. So 
Maybe I'm a fool, but hey, I'll take the Chiefs minus seven and a half. I, I just do not get the spread whatsoever, but I don't know. I feel like when that happens, it's usually the opposite, so maybe take the Jets, but I'm taking the Chiefs. I don't really care. Um, Seahawks at Giants. Seahawks minus one and a half. I went against the Giants for the first time last week in the spreads, and it worked out. I'll probably just stick with that. I Once again, I don't have a great feel for this game, but I'll just take Seattle uh, minus one and a half. Of course, the Giants offense is going to be a little challenged in this game with some of their best players out. The Giants need to get a pass rush, which I don't know if they have one. So that's a big thing about this game. And Seattle, of course, has a bunch of weapons. I don't know if the Giants can stop those weapons. So I'll just take Seattle. So, yeah, that's going to do it for this week four Giants preview. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, tomorrow, I'll actually be on Tim's channel, Online Big Blue. I'll be on a live stream at, like, I think 10 a.m. it is. So if you guys want to join that, go ahead. I'll be there. But, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll talk to you guys next time.